It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. what's going on everybody welcome to the awesome on the contrary show week five edition i'm dave lochran once again with the number one ranked dfs player in the world and another one of the foremost Leading DFS players out there, Steve Buzzard, you know him as the Colts, 2018, reading it straight from the bio here, 2018 World Fantasy Football Champion, Millie Maker winner, multiple time $100,000 winner, and we already know about Alex himself. Glad to have everyone with us. Two postponements this week, hoping we can get them played and shored up later on in the week so we don't run into any more issues, but we've still got football, we've still got 10 games. And Alex, that means, well, we're still going to be here talking about it, breaking down tournament strategy as we do every week. Yeah, man, it should be a pretty good week. Uh, we've had enough so far, like through the first four weeks, to get a pretty good sense of how things are going to play out this year. But uh, we got to think of some of the unexpected because that's how you got you win a million bucks. And uh, Steve, you're the one that has that experience of winning a million bucks. So I'm hoping to to be able to uh, pull some some good info on, on you or from you to to build my Millie Maker lineups this week. Uh, how are you liking this week, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's give that advice and get get someone out there to uh, to win it. Ho- hopefully, uh, one of us three. But if if not, at least maybe one of these other uh, uh, all of our other followers and subscribers as well. So yeah. Uh, super excited about the week. A little bit disappointing that we've had a couple uh, games get moved back, but that just means we get a chance for some uh, more showdown slates, hopefully. And uh, uh, I think it should be a great week. Nine, nine games is a is a good size, I think, still. Steve, talking about these Millie Makers, um, are, is there any strategy that you've employed differently this season? Um, what are your, How are you stacking? Are you doing two one stacks? Are you stacking more, stacking less than normal? Uh, is the the changes in the game we've we've heard about you know less holding calls uh leading to more offensive scoring which uh, you can you can draw a connection there or not but what we do know is that there have been more points uh has that affected how you're stacking and and how you're creating lineups from last season to this one yeah i think it's important to to certainly keep that into consideration every year uh there's going to be something that changes uh in the way that people are playing the game 
their own processes and then also um, you know how the league is adapting as well so uh, so far I haven't changed it significantly I think that you can stack a little bit more because of uh, um, how, how the scoring has increased but uh, uh, certainly I wouldn't go overboard because I think you're also seeing other people stack a little bit more as well so uh, it's a it's a it's a balancing act, right? Once once uh, a couple of people start doing it, then it, it could easily over go overboard the other way. So I like to mix it up um, and just see how things uh, tend to work out. So sometimes I'll do a, a two one stack, two two stacks, one one, just mixing it up because I don't really ever know completely what uh, any given week is going to give us. So some some weeks there will be that big blow up game, and some weeks. Uh, there won't, and, it, and it's just hard to predict. Alex, same exact question to you. Both of you guys, a lot of success in the DFS space in the past and currently. Uh, so your opinions on this matter. What have you done differently, if anything, when it comes to stacking? I do know from a few shows, from a few weeks ago in this very show, you mentioned that you will run a bunch of crunches with maybe a two-one stack. Uh, some of them without any stacks, some of them with just a wide receiver and a run back. Is that, is that the same thing you're doing uh, to this day in week five? Yeah, it all depends so much on the context of the lineup you're building because if you're stacking a big underdog team like the New York Giants who are facing Dallas this week, then maybe you don't even need a run back because all the, the Cowboys are, are pretty expensive. And even if uh, Dallas goes out there and just has an average week, that means if the Giants... The Giants will still need to score like thirty plus points to to win the game. So there's going to be um, pressure on them to put up points. Whereas if you pick Dallas, the reverse is true, where the Giants really need to overperform to keep Dallas trying to score fantasy points. And uh, then if I have Dallas guys, I'm going to want some of the Giants because I'm just kind of like relying on the fact that Giants will have to keep the game competitive. Um, we did see last week that there was one crazy shootout game, and Odell Beckham was the run back uh, from Cleveland, and then um, was it Seattle or Dallas? I can't even remember. It's been so long. But, uh, For which one? Uh, versus Cleveland last week. The oh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dallas. yeah they, they had the crazy game stack go off, but I agree with Steve that that doesn't happen every week. So you got to, I mean, a lot of people are playing the game stack right now. So we, we want to be able to hit all the possibilities a little bit. So uh, considering some unstacked line or stack lineups that aren't stacked quite as much is definitely something I'm going to be doing. All right. And then Steve, yeah, we've got uh, two postponed games as far as I know, unless there's been more uh, that I haven't paid attention to, but I believe it's Denver, New England and Buffalo, Tennessee. Uh, you know, the, these, these shorter slates make it a little bit more interesting, but it shouldn't really change all that much. So let's jump into it. Uh, Steve, as our guest, I'll kick it off with you. When you're looking at some of the, um, the highest owned games here, the highest owned teams specifically, the Cowboys come into the picture again, no surprise, on our top stack tool over at Awesomeo, you've got them with an 18% quarterback ownership. They also have the highest top stack probability, which really – I shouldn't shock many people who have watched the first four weeks of the season. They've been decimated defensively, coughed up over 300 yards on the ground last week. Um, As as Alex just mentioned, Odell Beckham, without the help of Baker Mayfield, had a huge game. And 
they've just continued to pile on yards because they're forced into throwing the football, playing from behind so often. The biggest question, really, and I know Ben Rasa of Oswald.com has been frustrated with this team as well, is what are we doing with the Dallas Cowboys this week coming into another week, another Sunday, where they will be probably the highest-owned team and the highest-owned stack overall? Yeah, so I think that that ownership is going to be a, a big factor for sure. Um, we, we've seen them you know, blow up every single week. So last week it was that game against Cleveland. Uh, the week before, I think it was against Seattle. Um, and they've been winning everyone the, uh, the money all, all year long. Um, but it, can that keep up, right? So the, the question um, is the Dallas offense really that good, or has it been kind of just the game situations that they've uh, ended up in? And I, and I tend to lean a little bit towards both, but more so towards it's, it's more the game situations. And what happens uh, when the game situation doesn't go exactly uh, the, the same way where uh, both teams are having to shoot it out. Um, so, so I think, you know, most likely I think I'm going to be uh, certainly watching our ownership projections here as we lead up to the game. But um, if they do end up as, as high as what they're projected right now, I think I've got to go under the, the field on, you know, someone like Dak Prescott, um, Amari Cooper, um, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, all those guys. I think you got to pretty much consider uh, going kind of under the field with, uh, with those guys. Um, I, I just don't think that they kind of warrant that, that type of uh, ownership. And really, one of the crazy things too, Alex, is we've seen this from week to week. It's not always consistent in that they're grouped so tightly together, but you're still seeing Ezekiel Elliott get a ton of ownership. Uh, and week five is no exception, right? If you're looking at ownership overall, right, not just at the running back position, we have Zeke projected with the third highest ownership overall at any position behind Mike Davis and, of course, David Johnson. But uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys as a team um, at wide receiver and at quarterback, you look at some of these numbers, Zeke 27, Amari up around 20, Dak around 18, which is really high for a quarterback. Uh, and then two more players in the double digits north of 10%. So it's not just the pass catchers where you go, hey, you know what? Maybe this is a great week to kind of fade the passing game for Dallas and attack the ground game because Ezekiel Elliott's projected from way more than anyone in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, I think Ezekiel Elliott stands out as a great play this week. Um, pretty much the game script uh, with Dallas being more than seven-point favorites is uh, setting up well for uh, Dallas to run the ball more than they normally do. And uh, he's not, like, super expensive. Uh, he's 7800 on DraftKings, 9K on FanDuel. Since he gets work in the, the passing game and the running game, we can expect a pretty big performance here. New York is a little bit stronger versus the run than the pass. Um, but uh, if you just want a piece of this game and not sack at all, then Zeke makes a ton of sense. Yeah, he really does. Uh, the the interesting question about this too, Alex, is the run back. I, I've talked about it all week. I'm willing to get to the Giants. Now, if you're talking specifically about what we have, what you have in the top stack tool, you can check that out at awesomeo.com, by the way. Very cool tool. You could use it not just for football, but we have it for baseball and any other sports where stacking is involved. Hell, League of Legends as well, if you're into that kind of thing. 
Um, the New York Giants don't have a very a particularly high top stack probability at all. Um, they do have a decent amount of ownership. Now, even if they aren't really projected as one of the best teams to stack, do, it does feel like you have some pretty solid runback options for this Dallas and Giants game. We've seen the Dallas Cowboys defense completely inept uh, every single week of the season thus far. You have to imagine that no matter how bad Daniel Jones has been, that he should be able to move the football a little bit. And I'll throw one more thing out there. I've mentioned this a bunch, but for anyone just tuning in for the first time this week, his first four matchups this season are the Rams, the Niners, the Bears, and the Steelers. So I'm not absolving him of everything. He still played poorly, but he has had a really tough draw through the first four weeks. Yeah, I mean, the Giants have had a tough schedule. Um, the fact that Sterling Shepard continues to be out is uh, a benefit to the other pass catchers, Tate, Slayton, and, and Evan Ingram. I was really surprised when I saw Slayton's projected ownership this week. Me too. Yeah, pretty high for a guy that, I mean, you can't really count on him for for a good performance very often, but the price is, is decent. I'm thinking just people in their Dallas lineups are going to have a lot of these Giants runback options. Um, they're not bad, but they're not great. So I'm kind of with Steve where I feel like too many people are on Dallas, and maybe that just leads me down to a different team. All right, Steve. What are your thoughts before we keep this moving? Because we have a ton to talk about. Even though we've had two games lopped off of this slate, there are many high-scoring affairs or projected high-scoring affairs that we'll dive into here give our picks and at the end of the show our fi- our favorite fades and our top pivots so we'll throw you a couple of each uh and you can do with that information as you please what do you make here of the dallas cowboys run back options with the new york giants sorry worded worded strangely what are you doing with the new york giants i'll put it in more simpler terms yeah so um yeah i think that one, one interesting option that you could do is you know since there is that slow start that daniel jones has had is it does make plenty of sense to to just go and run out daniel jones instead of uh dak prescott and and just play it completely from the other side deck daniel jones is getting some ownership so that's not completely novel but um i do think that it has um a little bit more upside than uh, going at it from the Prescott side and running it back with some of the uh, Giants uh, wide receivers. So I I don't really, if I'm going to run it back with anyone in particular, I probably prefer uh, Golden Tate to uh, Slayton as his ownership is quite a bit uh, lower. And I think that their chances of, you know, really blowing up are probably uh, pretty similar. Uh, one interesting thing that you could really think about too is what if the game really goes off uh, off script and um, you know Dallas falls behind early, so maybe uh, something crazy happens to get them to fall behind, and, and really that forces them to uh, pass quite a bit. Uh, we know that their offensive line isn't uh, stellar right now. I think they have quite a few injuries on that end. And Tyron um, Smith just got ruled out for the rest of the season. Go undergoing neck surgery, which is a huge one, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 what happens in in that situation? And maybe just going completely off the board with the Giants' defense um, that nobody is going to be on. Um, you know, maybe that's a good leverage play against this game. And it wouldn't be any. It wouldn't be dissimilar to last week where the Cleveland Browns were were I think four and a half point dogs coming into Dallas, and they went up by what was it? 
three-plus scores, three-plus touchdowns. So, yeah, I, anything's possible here. The Atlanta game is similar. Atlanta was a dog in that one. The, the Cowboys came out flat, and they had to make a, a miracle comeback in the, at the late fourth quarter. So, yeah, big things can happen. I'm with you. We have, to, we have to at least look at this game in the event that it could go off script. What about Carolina uh, and Atlanta, Alex? I was, I was not surprised, but I'll say fascinated by the fact that if you look at ownership among wide receivers, you don't see this too often. That- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The number one and number two projected owned receivers are on the same team. And I'm not sure we would have assumed that it was going to be Carolina at any point this season. But <laughs> DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson uh, are way up there this week. Both of them uh, very popular options, one of whom has been disappointing in DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson, meanwhile, has had a fantastic year. He actually leads the league in yards per route run uh, of any receiver with 20-plus targets on the season. So I I get why these guys are popular against an Atlanta team that's just decimated in the secondary. But, of course, with this being titled on the contrary, is there anything different we're looking to do with Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore coming in as three of the highest-owned players on the entire slate? Man, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson is, like, this interesting dichotomy, which, like, how you break this uh, down between the two of them really kind of uh, tests what you value in, in your NFL analysis. Because, okay, so here's what what's up is Robbie Anderson – He's run routes on 84% of dropbacks, been targeted 24% of those times. But last year on the Jets, he was only targeted 15% on dropbacks. So is it just like a little bit of a fluke that he's being targeted so much? Because that number typically indicates like how uh, good a, a player is at getting open. Um, so uh, DJ Moore, on the other hand, he's... His playing time is slightly higher than Robbie Anderson. He's been targeted 21.5% of the time this season. And uh, he hasn't done much with those targets compared to Robbie Anderson. But he has a longer track record of being being a much better player. So uh, I kind of lean on the DJ Moore side just because I feel like people are going to see his, his fancy totals have been pretty underwhelming. And maybe go to Robbie Anderson. But, I mean, both are, are pretty good players, and the uh, the game matchup with Carolina and uh, Atlanta sets up very nice for both offenses. All right, Steve, same question to you. Massively popular team, Davis, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and even Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he has to be with the type of ownership coming in on these wide receivers, uh, is getting double-digit ownership teddy bridgewater the you know the a perennial game manager as they like to call him is going to be also very popular this week uh atlanta has been a very uh very appealing team to pick on through the first four weeks of the season yeah so so i've kind of been on teddy bridgewater so far this year and he hasn't really i mean last week he did he did pretty good uh looks like scoring 27 
points on DK. So that, that was pretty uh, good, but still wasn't even enough to uh, uh, keep up with uh, the Dak, <laughs> the Dak lineup. So, so it, it's tough with a guy like uh, Bridgewater that, you know, he has okay upside, but he's, it's really hard for him to uh, win the slate for you himself. It's going to be more of him getting uh, the other really good plays into your lineup. So I think it's okay to kind of get him in there somewhat, but I definitely would be hesitant to go um, overboard on him. Um, I do like playing both uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. They both look like, even at their elevated um, ownerships, uh, they do look like, I, I would say, pretty solid plays. Robbie Anderson, um, you know, he's already had the, that great, those great performances, three, three games over 99 yards. Um, and... Normally, it takes a wide receiver a little bit of time to uh, acclimate them themselves to a new team, but he just kind of like flew in there and um, is even better than he was doing uh, with with the Jets. I guess the Jets were just you know such a mess that even this Carolina offense is, is an upgrade there. Um, but I, th- I think the problem with uh, with part of Carolina is. Um, what, we don't even really know what, what the runbacks are. So if we think about, we've been talking a lot so far about uh, runbacks and game stacks and those type of things. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley is banged up on the other side and he is getting high ownership. We, we saw him get uh, no points at all um, on uh, the showdown slate with only uh, five targets and he's still getting high ownership. Is he, is he going to be playing uh, full time? He only got 63% of the snaps last week. Um, Julio Jones, I think is looking kind of doubtful. Um, so, so Ken Atlanta with led by Zacchaeus. <laughs> um, I mean, is, is that going to be the way that they are able to uh, keep up with Carolina and uh, force big games out of DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I don't, I don't know so much about that. It's a good point to And then you've got Russell Gage and, and Hayden Hurst. This could look ugly. And, and I would assume that, you know, if Ridley's on the field, he's still going to be a very popular option just because we know what he's done early in the season. Uh, for anyone that's, you know, into air yards, he leads the league in those by over by about a hundred. Uh, it might even be more at this point. Uh, I haven't looked since he last played on Monday, but uh, in terms of general opportunities, he's been killing it. I, I, I'm, I'm with you, though, Steve. Like, is, is he actually banged up? I, I think he probably gets on the field and ends up being okay. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, save for last week, where they really stymied that Arizona offense, allowing only 262 yards, Alex. Uh, they, have, they have had some struggles. Now, credit them. They've done a decent job of taking the football away. They forced and recovered three fumbles against the L.A. Chargers. Uh, and then last week, uh, a quick fumble from, from I, I think, Kyler Murray resulted in some points for the Panthers. But all in all, they've, they've been a sieve defensively. No team had as much defensive turnover in the offseason as the Panthers. And I think outside of last week, you can still look at this as a team that's going to, to, to give up points. I know they only allowed 16 points to the Chargers. But they allowed 436 total yards. So... Um, does Matt Ryan appeal to you here uh, as a full-out Atlanta stack? Uh, and if so, how do you answer the, the question that Steve really just posed as where else do we go other than Calvin Ridley if he's even on the field? Yeah, uh, I think 
this game is really appealing to Target. It has one of the highest over-unders on the slate. Uh, both teams are in the top five in pace uh, with my metric. And uh, that just indicates there's a lot of potential. We don't know exactly who to target on on, uh, on Atlanta, as Steve was saying, but hopefully by game day we have a good sense. If Julio Jones is in, I'll probably take some shots, even though he left early with a hamstring injury in the last game. Calvin Ridley, he put up a zero, so I'm hoping that drives down the ownership a little bit, and he should be in a good spot. I don't hate Hayden Hurst, or uh, even if... Uh, I guess if Julio's out, then Zacchaeus uh, will be a pretty much the only 3K player you can you can target this week. So he makes a lot of sense for salary relief. But I, I might not target him as a run back because uh, typically you get better results out of higher volume guys. For sure. Like when you're running a guy back, do you have a minimum projected fantasy points that, that they usually have to be that they usually have to be at before you're willing to add them into groups on Cruncher? Well I think it, it's all yeah, it it's all kind of compared to the ownership because Zacchaeus, if Julio's out, it's gonna be pretty popular. He'll probably be the most popular run back just because like optimizers right. will, will stick him in there. So then it makes a lot of sense to pay up for someone else. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. You guys know it helps us. Easiest way to help support us here at Awesomeo. And if you haven't checked out Odd Shopper yet, man, we got some some awesome stuff there. Some amazing stuff on the way that I've hinted and teased at a little bit. You won't be disappointed. It's all entirely free there at oddshopper.awesomeo.com. Or you can reach it just by going to Awesomeo uh, and clicking at the top of the banner at Odd Shopper. But if you want to track all of your bets, if you want a watch list, uh, to get alerted when lines move a certain direction. But more importantly, if you want to shop odds across all different books, you can do that as well. You can see them all right next to each other, figure out where the best odds are, where the best line is, where the best money line bet is. Uh, and my favorite part is the player props. Man, all you have to do is s- type a name in and his prop will pop right up. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to scroll. It's right there. And you're seeing it not just for one book, but for all of the books that are offering that bet or that set of bets for a specific player. So uh, really check that out. Everything's entirely free. And as you've heard me say, with all these books offering up money, just throwing cash around like crazy, trying to acquire customers, trying to get people playing at that book, at their site, uh, like DraftKings, $1,000, uh, deposit bonus up to $500 plus a $500 risk-free bet. Risk-free bet up to 500 with Fandle and so many other ones. Points bet has something at like 1500 So uh, be sure if you head over there to, to use those links to sign up and, and get your free money in doing so. There's no reason not to. Uh, Al, or, uh, let me go over to you, Steve. Anything else do you want to touch on with Atlanta, Carolina first? I just want to make sure we hit on everything here since it's a ridiculously popular game with a whole lot of different angles of attack. Uh, yeah, I think we hit on most of the things. I think just uh, to note on Zacchaeus, um, if Julio is out, he did play 79 and 76% of the snaps the last two games um, and really almost you know kind of blew up the uh, showdown slate. So he will grow up in popularity, but um, in, in cash games, I think he'll be a, a great option in that case. But uh, I do agree that he's a little bit of a, with his ownership, it'll be a tough run back. So, but in cash games, he, he sounds like he would probably be a pretty good shape. Alex, what jersey do you have on right now? Uh, uh, it's Chicago Sky. 
<laughs> uh, a little bit off topic, but uh, they just finished their season last week. The Seattle Storm took it down, but uh, the Sky, they'll be back. They'll be back. All right, someone had uh, asked about it in chat. I figured I'd bring it up. Um, Alex, Houston and Jacksonville. You know, it's funny. I, I, I type up a run sheet for these shows when preparing for it, and I just put one interesting thing in there that – uh, the two highest projected owned stacks right now are Dallas and and Houston. They're one in seven combined record. <laughs> one in seven. And it kind of doesn't really matter for DFS because the way Dallas is losing is they they seed a ton of points and then they score a <laughs> bunch of points. Uh, and the way Houston is losing is they just really stink. <laughs> but... People are going to keep going back to the well with them, and a lot of them are coming in at discounts. We're getting Brandon Cooks with some ownership, even though he was dismal last week, failing to haul in any of his three targets. David Johnson is a perfect example of someone, and this is where this show comes in. This is where On the Contrary really comes to play. David Johnson's price is down, right? And it's down considerably. But it really, if we're being honest with ourselves, mirrors his production to start the year. It's not like David Johnson is at a stark discount from where he should be based on his production. He's been okay, but Duke Johnson has returned and we saw his uh, opportunities decline both in the passing game and on the ground. So at $5,200 coming in as the second highest projected owned player on the slate, just shy of 29%. One of the bigger questions on this entire slate is where do we go with David Johnson? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the firing of Bill O'Brien is extremely significant here. Like, basically, um, I mean, this isn't really my expertise, uh, so I might have to really research this. But uh, <clears throat> I'm expecting a, a significant change in the team culture in Houston and possibly the play calling. I don't know if anything will change immediately, but... Um, this is something we really need to be keeping an eye out for, you know, what are the beat writers saying? What is, uh, I mean, I, I guess, uh, my general inclination is just to look at what's happened in the first four weeks and go off that. And based on that, I think David Johnson stands out as really a value. Um, mostly because they're playing Jacksonville this week and Jacksonville has been really bad at run defense and pass defense. Um, and Houston has a 30-point team total, which is one of the highest on the slate. And then it's kind of a fresh start for everyone. So, I mean, maybe the new coach will like Duke Johnson better than David Johnson. That's a risk. Uh, Cooks are like coming off the, the real disappointing game when he's chalk. Um, just because I think there's going to be a lot of volume for Houston. And uh, they, ha- they haven't been bad this year as far as like efficiency. It's just been a little bit disappointing when they've been... Uh, popular. So, Steve, throw this over to you with Houston. Alex makes some good points in referencing this Jacksonville team. They've allowed more red zone carries to opposing rushers than any other team in the league. Joe Mixon took full advantage of that last week, uh, accumulating more fantasy points in a single 60 minutes than he did in all four games prior. So this is definitely a spot to be exploited by David Johnson. Not sure any of us know what Romeo Cornell is going to do with this backfield or if he's even going to be calling any of the plays. But I do know that David Johnson is very popular and that what you do with him could have a very big impact on how your slate or how your week turns out at the end of it. 
Yeah, I think David Johnson and Cooks, too, is, is really a, a good example of kind of how uh, DFS has been uh, changing the last uh, the last couple of years. So I, I would say um, certainly the opportunities that uh, David Johnson has is uh, from seeing what Joe Mixon did is certainly uh, something that that's gone on for uh, quite a while. But seeing uh, David Johnson and Brandon Cooks being so popular uh, despite the way that they've played the last uh, uh, couple of weeks, you know, it is a little bit uh, different change than what than what we've seen in the past. Um, I would say a couple years back, David Johnson and Cooks would be garnering hardly any ownership uh, just because of how poor they've been doing. But we see a lot of people kind of uh, ignoring that and instead looking at their price tags. So, um, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. David Johnson all the way down at 5200 um, It's a really good price, but he saw his uh, playing time... Uh, cut down to 55% where he had been at 96% and still not even producing really great stats at 96% uh, prior to that. So uh, Duke Johnson cut into his time quite a bit. Um, Will that stay with the coaching change? I don't know, but my guess is uh, that it's probably a good chance because they didn't really bring in anyone new, right? It's the the whole same uh, uh, coaching staff anyways, right? So there's just slightly different change. Um, so, so I worry a lot about David Johnson. I do think his price is great. Um, I will play him. He'll, he'll be a staple of my cash game plays and probably even a, a fairly good, probably overweight even um, on him in, uh, in tournaments. But just because his price is good uh, doesn't really mean that he's going to do anything better than what, uh, you know, what he can do. I, I don't know the last time he's ever really blown up a slate to, to win everyone the money. I do know for Brandon Cooks, I kind of look back at some of his stats He's uh, has only, you know, two games over 10 points since week four last year. None of them over 100 yards, only two touchdowns during that time frame. I never played him last year um, just because he was just doing so terrible consistently. But um, his price has come down so far. And actually, uh, Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback. And it, it makes me just <laughs> really cringe kind of clicking on his uh him to get him into my lineups because of how poor he's done for so long. Um, but uh, I, I think, again, in uh, cash games, he probably makes a lot of sense. And I think I will probably have a, a good bit of him in uh, tournaments, too. So I really hate playing both of them. And maybe, maybe I'll just uh, uh, kind of cut them down. But, um, but yeah, I think they come up as great values. Alex, outside of David Johnson, just to kind of expand upon Steve's points here, it feels kind of gross when you're talking about a team that has lost all four games this season. And let's, you know, let's not really give them the same benefit of the doubt that we've given to other teams. They've had some really tough matchups, but you got to beat the Vikings, right? right? Pittsburgh, great defense, good team. Baltimore, okay, makes sense. They got their asses kicked, but still. And then Kansas City. So they've had a tough draw as well. 
But when you come out against the Minnesota team at home, where, mind you, they even have some fans, I believe, there at NRG Stadium, limited capacity, you got to win that game. And they failed to do so. They coughed up 410 total yards. So this is not a particularly good team. Are you leaning on the offense again this week in the passing game from Will Fuller to Deshaun Jackson, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, to to Brandon Cooks, and maybe even someone like Randall Cobb, who was featured a lot more last week or two weeks ago uh, in terms of scoring, but really hasn't his targets. He's averaging around like five. What does he have? Uh, through four games, he has 18 targets. So. He really needs to be efficient and get into the end zone. That's not something I necessarily trust him to do. Yeah, I, I think that there's some good options on the team. Uh, Cooks is someone, yeah, he's been doing terrible. His season average is six fantasy points per game. He did miss half the first game due to injury. Um, and then in the last three weeks, he's played 90% of snaps uh, on uh, Watson dropback. So that that's encouraging. Uh, so... The, the opportunities have been there. He's been targeted 21 times over three and a half games. So it's just one of those spots where the price is pretty good. And then uh, the other guy I'm looking at is Jordan Akins. He also missed half a game basically because he got injured last week. Um, but the prior three weeks, he played 80% of... Uh, uh, he ran routes on 80% of Watson dropbacks. That hasn't really materialized into much fantasy production yet. But um, he he's thirty three hundred at tight end, and that fills a, a hole that it can be hard to, to fill in a lot of lineups. The target share too is is really flat for Houston, and that's one thing I, I don't really love. Uh, if you want to say, all right, well, Will Fuller in one game was completely unused. You could make an argument for that. You could even say, I heard some people saying he was injured, but I, I didn't see anything uh, to that extent. He leads the team with a 17.9% market share of targets. Then it's Cooks at 17. Then then Brandon uh, Randall Cobb at 14.6. Then Aikens at 12. David Johnson at 11. Kenny Stills at 9. There just hasn't been anybody that has even come close to sniffing a DeAndre Hopkins-type role. And not to, to say anybody would be, but you would definitely think that one of Fuller or Cooks would have at least been commanding uh, a little bit more action there. It hasn't been the case. So that's one thing I'm not huge on is the fact that the ball is spread around so much so far. No one north of 17% in target share. It makes life a little bit more difficult. How about, Steve, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Las Vegas Raiders? They're big-time favorites. I think they're like minus 625 uh, on the money line at this point two touchdown favorites last I looked. Do you attack this spot with Kelsey, with Hill, who's sub-7K? Do you pay up for Mahomes? And what are your thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's getting top four ownership at the running back position? Yeah, so so I think uh, Kelsey is a really interesting one, and the tight ends are really interesting um, in particular. So I I do like um, that that Aikens call. Uh, that Alex just made. Aikens was in uh, a couple of my really good lineups the last couple of weeks. Um, So I just was hoping for a couple of times if he would have just scored, it could have really made a big difference. But um, uh, this week, I I think that the the tight end is is pretty interesting because you've got Kelsey, Waller, and uh, Kittle all on the main slate um, and all obviously very good. So, and they're all priced at about the same price. So, um, so it's going to be really tough to get uh, some of the lower-priced 
um, tight ends into your lineups and be able to uh, compete with those guys because they don't really price up the tight ends nearly as much as uh, as some of the wide receivers. Um, so I really do like to get a shot with all, all three of those guys, and they will be my primary um ownerships at tight end. So definitely I do like going with uh, Kelsey. Um, he makes a great stack with uh, Mahomes. And um, I think Mahomes is the top quarterback in the league right now. Um, and, you know, with the way he's going so far, he has a good chance to be one of the best of all, all time. So you just see the way that he can uh, move the ball is uh, pretty impressive. So, and the, who, if I'm going to stack someone else with uh, Mahomes other than Kelsey, um, I kind of actually like going to uh, Sammy Watkins. So everyone's going, everyone's paying attention to Tyreek Hill. He uh, blows up consistently, but uh, Sammy Watkins is um, priced down. It helps you be able to get Mahomes and uh, Kelsey into your lineups. Now Watkins is never fun to uh, to another guy kind of like. You know, Cooks. He does, he's not fun to put into your lineups, but he does help you make uh, some of those other bigger plays work out. And um, you know, really Watkins, um, you know, his targets aren't super consistent uh, week to week, but but that means that he has a good chance to uh, have one of those games where he gets quite a few uh, targets in one game. And if he just breaks a big play or two, um, he could be the guy that really uh, sets you up with Kelsey and with Mahomes to have a big game. Sammy Watkins also has the the fifth most targets inside the 10 yard line this season, which is pretty encouraging knowing that maybe he's not going to get the same volume as Kelsey, but once they get into the 10, uh, he has been used quite heavily. Him and and Travis Kelsey have been the two guys. And we already know that Kansas city is going to get into the red zone at a much higher frequency than many other teams. I think one of the interesting aspects of this game though, Alex is on the other side, who do you really feel comfortable running it back with outside of Darren Waller? Like, do you want to go to Josh Jacobs and hope that he can kind of do what Damian Harris did last week? Uh, or do we worry that there's no defense, there's no coach in the league outside of Bilicek that can really slow the Chiefs down as much as, as he did last week, ultimately forcing the, the ultimately allowing for that run game to take hold in, in New England? It's kind of a strange spot when you're looking at, uh, what options you have to work with for the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting team to break down the Raiders because Josh Jacobs at face value being a huge underdog versus uh, the Chiefs, like that game script sounds pretty scary, but he's cheap. And uh, Kansas City is much, much worse against the run than versus the pass over the last season and a half. Um, so it does make sense. Las Vegas has had a pretty efficient offense so far. So I don't I don't hate the matchup for them, aside from the fact that Kansas City is, is tough uh, offensively and maybe they, they run a lot of long drives. Um, but, yeah, I, I like Jacobs as kind of a, a contrary in play because if this game script starts off with Las Vegas being pretty competitive, he could easily run up a huge score. What do you make of... If I turn the page here for a moment, sometimes I try and look at our chat, Alex, and see if there's anything interesting popping up there. And once in a while, we do get some good stuff. And one of the conversations that was taking place just moments ago was, what are we doing? And what are, and, and what are well, not necessarily us, but what is the field doing and how people feel about Kareem Hunt? 
who last week it was to- it was said that Kevin Stefanski was actually going easy on him because you know he's a little bit banged up. They didn't really necessarily need him even after Chubb went down because none other than Dearness Johnson came in there and started racking up big numbers. They 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 just simply didn't need it to happen. But Kareem Hunt this week getting around 15% ownership uh, against an Indianapolis defense that has definitely played very well. Uh, you might hear some arguments opposed to that saying, well, look at the teams they faced, the Jaguars, 27 points allowed to them, Minnesota, the Jets, the Bears. So, all right, fine. But in all fairness, they have played well. They have very much limited teams to uh, very low points in yardage totals. Talk to me a little bit about Kareem Hunt. I'll stop talking. The floor is yours. Yeah, I think um, Hunt is pretty appealing given that Nick Chubb injury. And last week we didn't see him play a ton. Uh, after that, but Cleveland was up pretty big in that game, so I wouldn't have necessarily expected him to to play a ton at the end of the game, at least. So uh, I expect him to be pretty clearly the number one back in Cleveland. Dearness Johnson is maybe a value option, but he's pretty far down my list. Um, the matchup versus Indianapolis is really the tough part because they're above-average defense. And uh, Cleveland is an underdog in this game. Hunt's pretty game script proof, given that he's the best pass catcher uh, in Cleveland. But uh, the price has gone up a lot, so I think he's he's a pretty good play, but not really standing out a ton from the other guys. But what do you guys think? Yeah, Steve, is this a game that you're looking at, specifically Kareem Hunt, but maybe some uh, peripheral options as well? Yeah, so... So if you if you guys remember back on the uh, uh, best ball shows, I, I talked about almost this kind of exact same situation that I really loved Kareem Hunt um, going forward in best ball leagues because of exactly how uh, Chubb was the more likely to get injured based on the way that they uh, set up, and it was so that hey, if you know comes playoff time or later in the year, we could take advantage of Hunt being the main guy. So I, I think that this is a good chance for him to uh, uh, show what he can do in that situation. Back when he was playing uh, with the Chiefs a few years back, uh, he certainly had the ability to carry the load completely himself, and I think that that hasn't really uh, uh, changed at all. Um, I think he will be the main back, and I uh, don't – hate his price I, I do wish that might be it wasn't quite as high as it is but I, I think it's okay price uh the Colts tend to not allow uh deep passes and kind of keep the ball in the middle of the field uh with the style of defense that they play so that kind of sets up pretty well for Hunt and maybe limit some of the upside uh for Beckham um so I think Hunt should be able to see plenty of uh drop-off passes and also probably also helps uh, Jarvis Landry to be able to get some uh, shots in the middle of the field as well. So I do think Hunt is a good play. I'll probably be slightly over the field on him. Um, and I think I prefer uh, going with Jarvis Landry instead of uh, Odell Beckham as well. Yeah, Jarvis Landry, the the routes are there. The, the whole, is he playing injured after that hip injury? I believe that they, I believe that's a little bit overblown. I, I know that he said he probably isn't a hundred percent. Sorry, Brown's offensive coordinator mentioned that a week or so ago. But uh, Landry, as far as I know, hasn't really said much on it, and he just needs to get a little bit more involved. 
and he's catching the large majority of his passes, 17 of 19 on the year. He just hasn't found the end zone yet. And uh, I guess they haven't needed him, but we can move this along a little bit more, Alex. And I'll ask you this before we get to our pivots and our fades uh, and close this one out. Are there any spots that you want to talk about that haven't been hit on yet? We talked some of the big games here, Carolina, Atlanta. We got to Houston, Jacksonville, which, by the way, James Robinson is probably someone we should get to, and and we'll do that in a moment, Uh, and a bunch of other spots. But I know the New York Jets are a team that uh, you – you like to talk about the Jets, man. So uh, I'll let it ride. Go ahead. Yeah, I love uh, I love dumpster diving with the Jets because no one really likes them, and for good reason. They they've been pretty horrible. Uh, they've replaced Sam Darnold off. Oh, Sam Darnold's injured, so Joe Flacco is starting this one. Um, to me, that really doesn't change much uh, for the team. So Jamison Crowder has been pretty good this year. He he could be a solid option. Um, the big news this week is Le'Veon Bell is back um, off the IR, and he's fifty one hundred. Like maybe if you're really feeling, uh, maybe if you've had a few too many beers, you pivot off David Johnson and, and get Le'Veon Bell. Both guys that are maybe past their prime. Uh, but my favorite uh, bet in this game is actually on the sportsbook side. Uh, I see this uh, this line of Frank Gore rushing yards, 34.5 over-under. And I think Bell coming back really is going to make that unlikely because not only is he going to get the majority of rushing attempts most likely, but they also have incentive to run out LaMichael Le- 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 Perrine uh, because he was their third-round pick this year. So I think Frank Gore could be the odd man out, and I'm uh, I'm hoping that these books will let me throw down a lot of money on this. You might not have even needed Le'Veon Bell to, to hit the under on on Frank Gore's 36 yards. He's think he look he's old. That, that's all he's old. Uh, but I'm with you on that. That's solid. You can get the best props too. Like I said at oddshopper.awesomeo.com. Search them, shop them, make it happen, win some money, Steve. I, I did miss a spot, so I wanted to I wanted to to back up a little bit here and make sure we hit on the Jacksonville side because we talked a lot about Houston. Uh, we didn't necessarily cover everything for the Jaguars. James Robinson is essentially the exclusive ball carrier in this Jacksonville backfield at this point. Nobody else is getting carries. Uh, and then even if you take a look at the pass catching upside here, uh, last week as an example against Cincinnati and against Miami. Uh, a combined 10 receptions on 10 targets. Those are valuable. While Chris Thompson, who was brought in as the pass catching back, as your third down back, was targeted six times against Miami, but not a single time last week. It does appear that James Robinson is wrestling away essentially every role here in the Jacksonville backfield. So as far as he goes, as far as DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault go, are there some options that you find appealing as runbacks or even as individual plays for the Jaguars this week? Yeah, James Robinson, man. Um, I think I tried so many different uh, running backs in in best ball from the Jags, and uh, very few of them were James Robinson, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, what what a disappointment! And if we could, if I could have just got on those, that would have been a huge difference. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. I was very surprised the, at the lack of uh, opportunities that Chris Thompson got last week, in particular. Um, he's always been a really good, uh, back at catching out of the backfield. Um, so I was 
you know, a little bit of a head scratcher there. I, I don't know if I think that's a uh, long term uh, plan or how it just you know kind of worked out out of uh, the way things were going. But um, I worry about that, and I worry about how much uh, James Robinson's prices increase. So he was. 4,400 just uh, two weeks ago, bumped up to 5,400, bumped up then again to 6,500 over on DraftKings. Um, he's a little bit more uh, affordable on FanDuel, uh, so, I, so I don't mind that as much, but th those are pretty big increases in uh, salary for a role that, yes, it looks very stable right now, but uh, I, I think it is a little bit fragile with uh, Chris Thompson there and his proven uh, uh, record in the past. Uh, so I'll, I'll probably not be super heavy on, uh, on James Robinson for, uh, Chenault that you also mentioned, uh, he's got all the buzz on, uh, Twitter. It seems, um, everyone loves the fact that, you know, he gets about 10% of the carries for the team. Um, but, uh, I, I think one thing I worry about him is his, his playing time is still pretty low. He's only getting about 54% of the snaps. Um, the rushing yards help, but rushing attempts are not nearly as valuable as uh, uh, passing attempts. So I, I, I do think that he's a solid play, but I wouldn't uh, get super excited about going with him because I, while he is getting all those 10% of rushing attempts, they haven't been the most um, high leverage attempts either. So they're not been as many right near the goal line. So they're only worth so much points. Alex, I saw you smirking over there just moments ago, and I'm assuming it has something to do with Val's comment in chat, <laughs> uh, stating that Alex still ha or Alex amazingly hasn't mentioned T.Y. Hilton today. Now, I took the loss a few weeks ago mm. on A.J. Green. It, it's a shame. I'm going to sprinkle him in this week, and I have some reasons for that. Tune into the deeper dive tomorrow morning to hear why and. I don't know, hopefully fade everything I'm saying about A.J. Green because it's probably the right decision. But with T.Y. Hilton, are, are you still holding out hope? <laughs> are, are you out on him? Or is there somewhere in the middle, a little gray area here that we're not aware of? I think it's the gray area. I mean, last week I wasn't on Hilton because they are playing the Bears, and that was a really tough matchup uh, where we weren't expecting a lot of offensive potential in that game. Now, the big uh, logical leap I made this year was that with Rivers, instead of Brissett, the Colts would run the ball less and pass more. The opposite has been true up to this point in the season, and uh, they've been pretty successful so far, uh, aside from Foles pulling off that comeback. Uh, so I think that maybe uh, this is a run-first team, and, and T.Y. Hilton won't get as many chances as I was hoping. But that being said, he's uh, he's been the uh, recipient of some favorable injuries for his targets, where Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman have both been uh, out, and they've been replaced by Zach Pascal, a guy that doesn't get targeted at a great rate, and Marcus Johnson, one target so far. Um, so, I mean, the potential is there. And I think uh, he's a good contrarian play because he really hasn't done much this year. But, Steve, you're the Colts guy. What do you make of Hilton so far? Um, yeah, so I was going <laughs> to I was gonna mention Hilton as my, uh, <laughs> my sleeper play of the week, unfortunately. Um, but uh, so 
So I was looking up some stuff on Hilton. So he has one TD since week three last year and no no games over 100 yards. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty disappointing for a guy that's supposed to be so explosive. Uh, he's not playing full snaps. So last three weeks, he's had 75% of snaps, 52 and 58. His target rate is down 20% this year versus last year. Uh, he's not playing on the dirt, uh, on the turf in the dome, which is normally where he's uh, uh, been all, all be- the best of his games have been typically. Um, and, and he's basically cost me tens of thousands of dollars so far this year <laughs> alone. So as I've gone overweight on him. So um, all of that, so I'm really convincing everyone that he's a great play there, I'm sure. But uh, but all that said, I think a lot of your points that you've made are, are good ones too. He's go, he's splitting, uh, you know, his targets with Zach Pascal. He's splitting them with Marcus Johnson, Ashton Doolin, Trey Burton, Jack Doyle. I mean, these are not guys that should be getting all the targets instead of Hill, and his targets shouldn't be down 20% this year versus last year. They should, they should be up. Um, and I think the general rule is if someone keeps losing you money, uh, you just keep going back to them until they make that money back for you, right? That's, that's the only only way you can uh, get back to even, right? So I, I like going with Hilton, actually. he he's I, I ran some uh, crunches here right before the show just to kind of see uh, where things fall out, and he was one of my most um, overweight plays of the week. So eventually i will either go broke or he maybe he's going to make all the money back this this week for me i don't know which of the two will happen but probably the latter and i will go broke (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that's a process that when it works like when you when you continue to play someone because you know eventually it has to happen and everyone at this point has stopped playing them when it does happen it feels great but sometimes it just takes so long that you start to lose faith and uh with green and hilton that's how it feels right now. There's no question about that. Yeah, hey, if lost you every time since week three last year, you would have lost money with him. So. Yeah, good, <laughs> crazy. And hey, if you guys hear us talking about the top stack tool and the ownership projections and the player projections and all of that great stuff, you'll hear our reference the uh, the lineup builder as well and Fantasy Cruncher, which we have the add-on to at awesomeo.com. If you go to awesomeo.com/slash/join, you can get all of that stuff. Or if you wanted to just try it out, dip your toes in the water, maybe you like showdown slates, maybe you're on a budget for $3.95 a week. We have the all uh, the $3.95 a week. We have the express package, which includes now all of the showdown content. We didn't have that before. We just added beefed it up on top of everything that's already included. So that's the ownership projections, the player projections, uh, the rankings, the top player, to- like everything for showdown, which is you know several times a week. And if you jump, here's a, here's a great part too. Uh, if you jump in now at three ninety five a week, you're getting Tuesday night games as well. So you're getting what four different showdowns, like four dollars, all of that, and that's not including all of the stuff that we have for main slate as well. But that's just the express package. Uh, if you're just looking to get into NFL. Uh, but you want a little bit more than the Express. You want just NFL, but everything included in the NFL package. You can do that at awesomeo.com uh, slash joint. If you wanted to get everything from PGA to football to, to uh, MMA, by the way, uh, Jason Floyd and Pete Rogers coming up next at 3.30 to break everything down for you live before lock MMA edition. 
But yeah, everything we have from premium, all access, awesome, plus weekly to monthly to annual, depending on your budget, depending on whether you're serious, a hobbyist, or you want to do this professionally, there's a million different ways to play it. We've got something for all of you. And uh, all of the tools here, the, the stacks, the, the, the lineup builder, the projections, you name it, all of them developed by Alex Baker right here. Awesome himself, a.k.a. number one ranked DFS player in the world. These are the tools that he actually uses and also the tools that you can use as well. So awesome.com slash join. We'll see you over there. And when you do decide to sign up, hop into our premium Slack chat. Say what's up. You got people talking DFS, sports betting, sports, everything around the clock. It's a fun community. We'll hope you'll join us. All right, boys. That'll do it for the main section segment. Sorry. Let's uh, close it out with some top fades, some top pivots, one each here. We'll go to you first, Alex. Top fade of the week is who? Man, I do not feel good about this one, but I feel like the Dallas stack, everyone's going to look at it, and it's been winning money every single week, and the Giants defense is pretty bad. But the the bottom line is I just don't want to spend a ton of money on quarterback. And Dak this week is seventy four hundred. That's like pretty pretty high. I'd rather spend down. Uh, I don't know exactly who who that's gonna be, but um, yeah, I'm just hoping that the most uh, popular thing doesn't happen. And uh, Dak is the highest on QB by a lot. All right, Steve, we're up against it here, so let's make these quick so we can hit our top pivots as well. Go ahead. Yep. Um... I would also agree with that uh, Dallas call, so um, I'll echo that. I'll also say I'm going to go with uh, Evan Ingram as a as a solid fade. I mentioned how I really like the uh, uh, top three uh, tight ends, and it looks like Evan Ingram's getting a lot more, or almost as much ownership, not quite as much ownership, but really close to those guys. Um, I'd much rather go with these other guys that have the uh, bigger upside. All right. For me, it's going to be 16% Brandon Cooks. I just can't get back there. I know he's cheap, but if he's going to be that popular, I'll find other ways to get exposure to that team and to that game. All right, here we go. To wrap this up, Alex, Steve, then myself, top pivot of the week, go. So Kittle is going to be one of the most popular plays on the slate because he just had such an amazing week four. I'm kind of eyeing Debo Samuel, who uh, he didn't play that much last week because of his foot injury. I'm expecting with another week, uh, he'll be back to full playing time. And he's only at 1.6% ownership, so uh, at a mid-range, uh, not picking up any ownership. I think he has that, that slate-winning upside. I mean, I'm hoping that people will wait until he's uh, put up a big game to get on him. All right, Steve? Uh, we, we talked a lot about everyone paying up for Dak Prescott and the uh, Dallas offense. Why not go completely opposite, pay down at quarterback and go with uh, the new guy out in Washington, Kyle Allen, uh, 2% ownership or so. That'll get you on a completely different build than everyone else. Um, He's so cheap. Uh, He doesn't have the huge upside, but it allows you to uh, uh, pay up and get some other really good options that people aren't going to be able to afford because uh, they're paying for some of the Dallas guys. I'll go with Antonio Gibson. Feels gross that we both named players from the Washington football team, but we'll do it anyway. Uh, He's $200 less expensive than David Johnson. It's going to completely suppress his ownership, coming in around 5% now in our projections. He's been heavily involved, very heavily involved, uh, and he's taking over pretty much exclusive duties in the backfield as the rusher, getting some work in the passing game. 
I think you begin to see him get a little bit more and J.D. McKissick getting a little bit less as far as running routes goes and getting targets. Um, we'll see what happens with Kyle Allen. But, yeah, down there at 5%, $5,000. Antonio Gibson has the explosiveness. He has the upside to make a splash in week five where he'll be vastly overlooked. That'll do it for us. Stick around. Jason Floyd, Pete Rogers coming up next. It's the UFC Live Before Lock Show. Follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Buzzard, Alex at Awesomeo DFS, myself at Lafayette underscore D, and of course Awesomeo at Awesomeo underscore DFS or Awesomeo underscore com. Sorry. We'll see you back here next week, live before lock, presented by Awesomeo.com. And on the contrary. <laughs> Thank you.